You're listening to The Road to Philanthropy with Gary Cohn, a podcast series on giving and working with nonprofits. This podcast is produced by Painted Rock Advisors, a consulting hub providing services to the philanthropic and nonprofit communities. We bring together your values and wealth with opportunities to do good work and make the world a better place. What can we do to help you? Contact us at paintedrockadvisors at gmail.com. Welcome to The Road to Philanthropy. Today, we'll do our show in three pieces. One, we'll talk about the last year of podcast shows that we've done. Two, we'll talk about building a better board. And three, we'll talk about We Hope, mobile hygiene services to the homeless. It was November 10th, 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, when we began The Road to Philanthropy, a series of podcast shows interviewing people who are involved in philanthropy, nonprofit management, and fundraising. We've had some excellent guests over the last year. I'd like to highlight a few of those for you. We started out with Lisa Tabak with the Jewish Community Federation and Foundation. She talked about the Federation, Foundation work, and philanthropy. We spoke with Sarah Jennings of the V Foundation, originally the Jimmy Valvano Foundation, which does cancer research throughout the country. You know, when you raise money in a nonprofit situation, you see the best of people. People who are interested in giving are selfless. They're thinking about an opportunity that is above and beyond their own personal gain or their own personal circumstance. They are contributing to increasing the goodness of present day as well as the future. And they're basically good, selfless people. And I wanted to be around good, selfless people. We moved on to Leslie Bacho, the CEO of the Second Harvest Food Bank of Silicon Valley, talking about food insecurity and corporate giving in America. I think about other volunteers I've met who, you know, somebody would just move to the Bay Area and she was talking about how isolated she felt until she got connected with volunteering at our distribution. And now she had you know, this wonderful community she was so grateful for. And I'm thinking about how she's doing this backbreaking work for us every single week at this distribution. And yet she's thanking me profusely for the opportunity to really kind of engage and give back. So I guess that's what stands out for me during this pandemic. I've just been thinking about how challenging it is and how many heartbreaking stories I hear, but how people remain so hopeful and so, again, kind of full of gratitude and willingness to to really do whatever they can to help. We also spoke to Lisa Greer, a philanthropist and author of the new book, Philanthropy Revolution. She has very interesting views about how donors are treated and how fundraisers are rated by their organizations. We found out we were going to have money and decided that, of course, we were, we didn't question would we give because I think there was a fair amount of guilt there as well, but we, we, we just knew that we had to give to something and what should we give to? And so we got together, had a meeting right before the IPO and said, let's pick each pick one area we would like to give a really big gift to. And mine went to my synagogue where I was the incoming president and I'd been involved for several years and they were completing a, a capital campaign and uh, rebuilding and re- renovating their sanctuary and Josh chose uh, Cedar sinai Hospital where he had been treated for his Crohn's disease since he had been about 20. And we, in, in that case, we endowed a chair 
And prior to that, I didn't even know what that meant. So, so two very major donations and major gifts. And then we tried to figure it out from there. We'll talk further about her when we get to the section on building a better board. We also spoke with Adam Pilder with the Providence Tarzana Hospital Foundation about healthcare, about the pandemic, and philanthropy in the medical field. We do interact with the doctors on staff. We're actually building better relationships with our physicians so that we can work in tandem because the physicians look at it this way, that the foundation supports their needs, you know, in terms of new medical equipment and new technology that's needed. They'll help us because they want to refer patients and say, hey, you can support our work through the foundation. So it's really a reciprocal um, relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're just really building on that momentum at Tarzana. And this month, we released a show with Cindy Rogaway, the CEO of Hebrew Free Loan of San Francisco, which makes interest-free loans to those individuals and businesses looking for a start or to improve their lives. It's a very interesting talk if you haven't heard it yet. I would say that the vehicle we use is to provide interest-free loans to people in need, but that's just the vehicle, not the mission. The mission of the agency is to help people to become and remain self-sufficient and to be able to take care of their own issues, either when they need to get back on track financially, or in many cases, people who are managing to handle their expenses, but suddenly something big comes up, a dream that they're trying to pursue, like going to school or starting a business or, um, or undergoing fertility treatment so they can have a child. So our goal is to provide interest-free loans to make those, those dreams a reality for people. And we do it all the way a family would, without charging interest and with just giving people a lot of support so they can live out their lives in the most dignified way. Throughout my career, I have worked with boards of directors and I've sat on boards of directors. And one thing became clear, boards can always use ways to improve their work in governance, in management, in separation of executive responsibilities of an executive director and board responsibilities, of raising money, of providing the financial resources to the program staff that they need to accomplish the mission and the goals. I've also worked hard at strategic planning in a way that takes the plan and makes it usable and workable rather than being put on a shelf and being forgotten about. I recently read an article in the blog Philanthropy 451 written by Lisa Greer, the author of the book Philanthropy Revolution. She writes about building a better board. She says, I include a chapter in my book on boards, what money can't buy, trust, good governance, and best and better boards. In it, she notes that more than once I've walked away from a charitable organization for reasons of principle. I've done it even when I believed in the good work they were doing. So why do I walk away, she says, when I believed in their work? The list of the reasons, unfortunately, is quite long. Suffice it to say that it had a lot to do with issues around governance, leadership, best practices, respect, and trust. The reticence on the part of several board members to participate in any type of giving or fundraising was disturbing as well. Shouldn't it be obvious that leaders of a nonprofit, knowing that nonprofits live or die based on funds raised, need to have an active part in fundraising. I understand that many board members bring expertise, connections, and resources, and many are very uncomfortable asking others for money. I say that as long as you have a diversified board, some members who are comfortable asking for money and others who aren't, 
That's just fine. However, a board member who won't even make an email introduction to a prospective donor or doesn't see themselves an ambassador of the organization shouldn't deserve a seat on the board. In short, don't ask or agree to serve on a board if you don't really believe in the mission or the nonprofit organization that you're supporting. You're just doing it to make friends. You don't see it as a privilege to serve. You don't feel comfortable telling others about the organization's good work and goals. Lisa goes on to write that the Harvard Business Review published a wonderful article about 25 years ago entitled, The New Work of Nonprofit Boards. Sadly, this article is just as timely and the issues just as current as they were 25 years ago. Here are some of the highlights of the article. Here are some suggestions for building a healthy, strategic, supportive, and productive board of directors. One, look carefully and strategically at your board composition. Ask the question, is your board diverse? A healthy board should incorporate a diversity of backgrounds, economic, ethnic, gender, gender identity. Number two, make sure you have some sort of term limits. There are boards out there where there are board members serving for 12, 15, 20 years. That's not a good thing. You need to turn people over from time to time to get different perspectives. Number three, make sure that your board members are respectful human beings. Dreamers, bullies, and those who don't play well with others are not welcome. Make sure your board members recognize the variety of people who make up your staff, from professionals and creative types to administrative people and janitors, and that they all have a contribution to the organization's success. Make sure that your board members aren't afraid of innovation and change. A good board member will welcome innovation and change, and if they have an understanding of new technology or business models, so it is better for the board. Ideally, board members should not be afraid to get their hands dirty. A nonprofit that doesn't let its board members volunteer is missing the point. Make sure you have current bylaws, accurate and up-to-date financials, a good sense of the history of the organization, so new board members can be oriented properly when they join the board, and board members understand the culture and history of the organization. Ensure that you have a document with clear expectations for board members. When I develop board leadership, I talk about a board commitment letter, so board members can sign a letter that specifically outlines what their responsibilities are and what the requirements of board services. I also have a board criteria list of this is what we're looking for from board members, whether it's money, volunteerism, connections, whatever it might be. So board candidates are very clear about their responsibilities going forward. To have a good board is to have a good organization. To have a board that squabbles, argues, fights, is not good for the organization's health or the long-term goals of any organization. I'd like to take a few moments and talk about one of my new clients, We Hope. We Hope is out of the East Palo Alto area of Northern California, but is now expanding their services into the Los Angeles area. We Hope was founded by Pastor Paul Baines some years ago. The mission of We Hope is to help people become healthy, employed, and housed using innovative solutions. Their services focus on three areas, emergency food and shelter, job training and life skills, and mobile homeless services, which is the area that I'm involved in. 
We hope mobile homeless services meet the needs of the homeless where they are through initiatives that include access to free showers, laundry, safe parking for vehicle dwellers, virtual medical assessments, and comprehensive case management to assist in securing permanent housing. My role with We Hope is to establish a LA frontier for them. Come into the LA area with their services and programs, help them expand. The first goal I have is to build a leadership council, a group of business and community people, executives, and volunteers to support the work of We Hope. Open up their Rolodexes, if that's such a word today, and help us expand the knowledge of what We Hope does. The second is to start to raise money for We Hope in the LA area. Individual donations, foundations, and businesses who can support us. If you want to see your name painted across one of our vehicles, please give me a call at 510-402-8877 or email me at paintedrockadvisors at gmail.com. Thank you very much for taking a look at We Hope. The Road to Philanthropy is a production of Painted Rock Advisors. I bring over 30 years of corporate, nonprofit, and development experience to my work as a trusted advisor. I guide families and individuals through the process of deciding where to give their philanthropy to. I help them look at sectors such as homelessness or medical research or STEM education, among many others, and I help them put clarity to their values again. I use that word, clarity, because a lot of times people are not really sure how to give or what their values mean to them in their giving process. Also, if you're a nonprofit board, a volunteer, if your board's not working well, I help to find the disruptions and solve the problems. Painted Rock Advisors provides philanthropic advisory services, matching values with giving, analysis of nonprofit sectors and giving opportunities, evaluation of incoming proposals, and review of performance of how well your money was invested. We also do consulting for nonprofits and foundations in many areas, including strategic planning, board leadership development and orientation, financial planning and budgeting, program evaluation, governments, committee structure and bylaws, marketing and branding, fundraising and development, annual work plans, CEO transitions. Thank you again for listening to The Road to Philanthropy. You can find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you might find your podcast listening pleasures. You also can find us at paintedrockadvisors.com or email us at paintedrockadvisors at gmail.com. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We want to stay connected with you. Be sure to stay connected with our community by giving a like to our Facebook page and following our Instagram at Painted Rock underscore advisors. Our podcast is available on all of your favorite platforms. We'll see you at our next release.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.